welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. trumpet sound, I'm getting up out of that ground. <laughs> Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. What a blessed hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, I'm glad I have some hope. Amen. Praise God. What a mighty God we serve this Resurrection Sunday that we celebrate, amen, is a, that's all right, what a, uh, what a powerful day it is, because without this Resurrection Sunday, what hope would we have, praise God, and I'm glad that he, amen, got up out of that grave, and uh, forevermore, from that day forward, you and I have hope for redemption, God has made a way for you and I, amen, to make our election sure and uh, take away our sins. Walk and wash away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. God, walk and make me whole again, nothing but the blood of Jesus. So I encourage you this morning, amen, that, that, uh, that as we are here, you focus on that for just the next little while. Amen. I know I'm the only thing that stands between you and an Easter egg hunt for your kids and also dinner. Amen. But I do want to say for just a little while this morning that if you'll listen to me for just a minute, amen, I think we will come together in understanding that a mighty God we do have. Amen. And he came to seek and to save that which is lost. So Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, this is Resurrection Sunday. Amen, that we celebrate, amen, so I want to preach about it this morning, amen. Isaiah 53, a little lengthy reading here, verses 1 through 13, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground, he hath no form nor comeliness, and we shall see him, and there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. 
He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearer is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who, who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering to sin, he shall see his seed. <clears throat> he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. How many is glad this morning that you have a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that intercedes on your behalf? Lord God, we thank you this morning. Your presence is in this place. We thank you for every song that's been sung, everyone that's participated in that. We thank you most of all for those that are here this morning. Amen. And I'm praying, God, that for the next little bit, as we uh, uh, break bread here with your word, that, Lord, you will touch our hearts and our minds, that our ears will be open to hear, amen, what you would speak unto us, and that our eyes would be open to see your word, and that our heart would be open to receive that word. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, and let everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Here, of course, was a scripture written by Isaiah, the prophet of the Old Testament, and uh, he foretold in the seventh chapter the birth of Christ. In the sixth chapter of Isaiah, he proclaimed uh, the gospel that, that was found. He was, his humiliation, sufferings, and death is recorded in Isaiah 52. His return to claim his own, his own is in Isaiah, the 60th chapter. You see, this book, Isaiah, was written approximately 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And its predictions in its word is so pinpoint accurate that nobody, no man, could possibly have written them nor fulfilled them unless they had been given a vision from God. And so this morning we will talk about the humiliation. We will talk about the suffering and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ as it was predicted amen, by Isaiah the prophet. In comparison with the gospel, as well as the benefit we attain through the death of Jesus Christ. First we read where he was despised and he was rejected. In Matthew 1.21, Jesus came, why? To deliver men from their evil ways. To deliver them from their sin. To save us from eternal damnation. And to bring us back to himself. He never came just to destroy us but he came to redeem us. The sad part of it is that when he came, man did not recognize him for who he was. They instead rejected the Lord. 
In fact, the second verse of Isaiah 53, uh, he said, For he shall grow up before him uh, as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. Amen. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This basically shows us that he was not recognized as the true Messiah. His doctrine, his teaching was not welcome among them. And when man prefers, amen, to continue their sinful ways, there is no place in their lives for God. Because if we want God, we have to turn from our sinful ways. Come on, clap your hands and praise God this morning. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah recorded in chapter 17 and verse 9 when he said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Amen. Men fail to submit their lives to our Maker. They fail to accept the Lord, amen, as their Savior, as the Christ, as the Redeemer, as their Messiah. In fact, John 3.16 said, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then He goes on, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What is that name this morning? Jesus. Say it real loud. Jesus came to seek and to save that was lost. He was the door. He is the door. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. He is the one they spoke about in their song today that went into the pits of hell and took the keys and set the captive free. You no longer have to live in the prison house of sin. We stay there by choice. The keys have already been taken. The door has already been unlocked. All we have to do is walk out in faith and believe that He is with us and in us. Come on, clap your hands and praise Him this morning. The household of Israel rejected Jesus by hanging Him on the cross. Not knowing that it was his primary duty, amen, to come and to go on that cross to shed his blood for a multitude of sins. How many can say this morning, amen, that you've got sin? Don't be afraid, I'm not going to call you out. Come on, we are all sinners saved by grace. Let me tell you something this morning, sin destroys, but the gift of life comes from God. I don't have to fear sin in the world because God has sent His redemptive power into my life and covered a multitude of sins. That's what's so powerful about the blood. It makes no difference where you've been. It makes no difference what you've done. Amen. It makes no difference how you lived your life. When you come in contact with Jesus Christ, amen, He will cover those sins. He will blot them out. Amen. Why? So that you might have salvation. But he came into his own, they received him not. John 1, 11 and 12 says he came into his own and his own received him not. Now how would you feel about that? If you went back, you as a person, maybe hadn't seen your family in a while. 
and you go back, you're excited about the trip and you go back to where they are and you walk in the front door and they say, who are you? We don't know you. What are you doing here? Well, I'm so-and-so. No, you're not. Go on, just leave. You reject them. Amen. Understand, Christ was rejected by the very people who should have been expecting him and accept him. But as many as received him, hallelujah, I'm glad that's in there. Come on, everybody say hallelujah. As many as received him, to them gave him power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his, what is his name? Amen. The name of Jesus. I call on the name of Jesus. Amen. When things are going in my going wrong in my life, when we bury you, we bury you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say hallelujah. Even when he was on the Mount of Olives, he was praying and he says this in Luke 22, 42 and 43, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And, when, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Amen. Let me tell you something this morning. When you make that decision, you're not walking that way on your own. When you choose to say, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm telling you what, he's a friend that will stick closer than a brother. Amen. I'm telling you what, there's angels that will encamp around about you and give you strength. Amen. There's going to be power in that word that you read. Amen. There's going to be power, amen, in the prayers that you pray. You know why I serve God? Because I don't know what I'd do if I was living out in the world and I had nothing but the world uh, to, to do things for my life. Amen. Because they fail us every day. Amen. The world will fail you. Everybody say it'll fail you. Amen. Isaiah's prediction of the Lord's suffering is synonymous to that uh, that we read in Matthew 27 when, the, when it talks about the Savior of the world. Amen. It says he was beaten. He was stripped naked uh, after which they put a scarlet robe on him. There was a crown of thorns that were placed on his head. He was spit on. Come on, folks. He was rejected by man. He was mocked. He was disgraced. Uh, he was given vinegar to drink instead of water to try to quench his thirst. Theologians confirm that he was beaten beyond recognition. Why? All for you and all for me without complaint. Without complaint. Amen. Paul writes in Ephesians, the second chapter, when he says, verse 15 to 19, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, no, no making peace, and, and that he, he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity there, thereby, and came and preached peace to you. Amen. How many would like to have some peace in this world today? How many would like to have some peace in your life today? Amen. I'm telling you, he is the peace giver. Amen. Everybody say, he is the peace giver. He is the peace giver. Amen. And so, and through him, and, 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 and came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. 
Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. I'm excited about that today. Amen. I can be a a part of the household of our God. You know, peace is far from us today. Amen. How many believes in God today? Isaiah predicting his birth. He was called the Prince of Peace. Let me stop and tell you. You know what's going on in the world today. But let me tell you what's frightening me. I was was looking at, uh, you know, an article, an essay that was, read, that was written in uh, uh, one of our most uh, prominent newspapers in uh, our country. And, 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 and the title of it simply says this. For Passover and Good Friday, New York Times essayist writes about killing hateful God. The New York Times decided to publish a guest essay heavily criticizing God on Good Friday and the start of the Passover. These are things that never used to be done. Shalom Aslander composed a piece insisting that this Passover, we should stop paying attention to God. Amen. That's the gist of it. I'll go through. He suggests that, that this God is a God of hate. And he goes into the Old Testament and begins to use uh, uh, the, the, the children of Israel coming under the, out of the land of Egypt uh, and all the plagues and all the things that happened. And basically, in a nutshell, he's trying to convince. And in one part of it, he said, at this, this time, the Passover season, uh, we need to teach our kids, uh, amen, we need to teach ourselves or whatever those, uh, to pass over God. Let me stop and tell you something this morning, my friend. Amen. You better pray and ask God, amen, to be with us. Let him know you you love him. Let him know he is your Prince of Peace. Because there's a lot of people in the world that are trying to destroy our concept and our understanding and our beliefs in God. Many of us will sit around and we just kind of go on our way and we don't really pay attention. We just live our life every day. But I'm telling you today, I want to warn you and I want to tell you this is the the day that we celebrate the risen Christ. Amen. But don't set him on a shelf somewhere and just say, well, someday I will get right with him. No, because you have the world out there and you have the enemy of your soul that's trying to destroy the very foundation of what our country believes in. Go read that article. It'll stun you. Because, not used to hearing, I'm 62 years old. I'll be 63 my next birthday. It can wait a little while. But I've lived lived in this world long enough to where some of these things that are happening now catches my attention. I'm thinking, where have we gone as a people? Where have we gone as a country? I mean, this guy mentions uh, Judaism, and that's where he went. That's how he learned it. Uh, amen. With his rabbi. And then and talks about uh, the Muslim faith and, 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 and the, the, all the different religions. Uh, and he's telling everybody, you just need to pass over God. I'm telling you this morning uh, that you don't need to pass over God. You need to walk to God. Amen. You need to walk to God. You didn't say, God, I'm going to make that decision. I'm going to make that choice. I want you to be my prince of peace. He came to sacrifice himself for our sin once and for all. With his blood, he said on on, on, at Calvary, on the cross, he settled the strife between man and God. How many is glad about that? 
He made himself propitiation. I want to tell that guy right there, if you would just get underneath the blood, amen, you wouldn't have a problem with God. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. You get right with God, you don't have a problem with God. Hallelujah. Amen. You get right with God and walk with God. Amen. You won't have a problem with God. Amen. Make yourself ready for that day. Hallelujah. We need to celebrate. This needs to be a day of celebration. But not only today that we celebrate it. Amen. But every day of the year when you pray, you need to thank God. I thank you, Lord, for your saving power. I thank you, Lord, for your resurrecting power. I thank you, Lord, for the covering of your blood. I thank you, Lord, for the hope that I have in you. Every day. Hallelujah. Amen. He came to sacrifice himself. He came to settle the sin question for all. Amen. He was a propitiation. Amen. He died. Why? So that you and I might live. And the work of our salvation can only be achieved by his suffering and death. In fact, John 3, or John 4, 34, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. To finish. Back in Isaiah, he also predicted his imprisonment and judgment. Amen. Which was also confirmed by Matthew in chapter 27 and Mark chapter 14 and Mark 15. Amen. It says he was punished for the sin he knew nothing about. He who was not guilty of sin took on sin. Arrested like a thief. And when he was arrested, all of his disciples ran away. Amen. Isaiah said he paid the price for our sin. He was slain so you and I could have eternal life. He took upon himself the punishment for our sin. In other words, he went to the cross when we deserved to go to the cross. When we deserved to be punished for our sin, he said, no, I'm going to become that sacrificial lamb. I'm going to, I'm going to take it upon myself. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. There's something about it. The Lord Jesus was crucified. Crucified, and what did he have on both sides of him? He had two thieves. One on his right, the other on his left. The one thief on the left Hanging on the cross, mind, mind you, was mocking him. While the other on the right was asking him for mercy. And he looked at that guy that day and said, This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. I don't know how you think today, but I'm going to tell you something right now. This thing's winding up pretty quick in this world. And you and I need to be getting down to business and be talking to God. And we need to say, Lord, I'm thanking you for your resurrecting power because that gives me hope that I don't have to worry about what's going to happen down the road. Because one of these days, the resurrection we celebrate today, the Bible says one of these days in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at, the, at, the trump of, at that trump's going to sound. And it says the dead in Christ 
are going to rise first and we which are alive remain are going to be caught up together to meet them in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. In other words, there's going to be a resurrection once again and we're going to get up out of this earth. Amen. The Spirit of God is going to vacate the premises of this earth. I don't want to be here after that. Crucified. And even at that point, he looked at the one and said, you'll be with me in paradise. He was buried in a man's tomb by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. Amen. In fact, Matthew 14, 1 and 2, at the time of Herod, the tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, this is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead. And therefore mighty works do he show forth themselves in him. He was worried that John came back to life. That's kind of crazy. You say, why was he worried? Because he had his head cut off of him. Because his daughter, his actually stepdaughter, came in and her and her mom concocted this thing. And when you get him to a certain point, and he'll ask you, what do you want? Hey, man, I pat the kingdom. I'll give you whatever you want. And her thing was, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter, on a charger. That was the whole goal. We want to silence John the Baptist. He irritates us. He irritated her because he said, hey, look, your marriage ain't right. She didn't like that. And so she had her daughter go in, dance before Herod, and then had Herod take his head off. And so now Herod said, wait a minute now, this John the Baptist is risen. When he heard about Jesus and the things that was going on, he's like, John the Baptist is risen. Amen. No, John the Baptist hadn't risen. It was Jesus. And let me tell you what, he was made an offering for our sin. What more does the scripture say about the Lord's suffering and the death? Amen. That was not predicted by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah clearly stated that he was made to suffer for our sins. And this happened exactly 700 years later after it was written by the prophet Isaiah. Jesus died a painful death. He gave his life as ransom for all. And John confirms that he was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Let me read the following passage here in Mark 10, 45, and John 10, John 1, and Hebrews 9, and 1 Peter. Just follow me. John 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life ransom for many. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. John 1, 29 says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The writer of Hebrews 9, 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end uh, of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin. Why? By the sacrifice of himself. 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. On the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. For ye were as sheep gone astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. The overseer of your souls. Look, folks. Let me just just cut to the chase this morning. Amen. 
Your only hope is to be in the fold with Jesus Christ being the shepherd and the bishop, the overseer of your soul. He's the only one that can manage you and help you get to that place to where when he does come for his church, you will be ready to go. But until then, we know him as the shepherd. And the Bible says that when his shepherd comes in and he sees all of his sheep, he's got 90 and 9 and one's missing. He just don't say, oh, well. Oh, well. Should have known better. No. The 99 is there in that fold. And he goes out looking for the one that's lost. That's what the Lord's doing today. He's searching this place out today. He's looking for somebody that's lost. He's appealing to somebody, amen, that needs a Savior. He's appealing to somebody that needs a change of life. Amen. Somebody that can say, you know what, I'm tired of the way I'm living. I don't have any hope in this world. Amen. All the stuff that's going on around me is just dragging me down. Amen. All I see is chaos. All I see is pain and agony of this world. But I'm here to tell you today, he's looking to you and saying, hey, come unto me. Amen. Come unto ye that who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke he said upon you and see that my burden is light he's here to help you carry your situations he was nailed to a cross for our sins and he said it is finished what did that mean just simply meant there was no more need for animal sacrifices because up until that point every year they went to Jerusalem they went to the holy place every year they took sacrifices every year the blood had to be sprinkled in front of the mercy seal upon the mercy seat why to roll back the sins of the children of Israel for just one year just one year but yet he the supreme sacrifice when he went to the cross and shed his blood notice he answered the sin question. You don't have to go and, 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 and do those things anymore. You don't have to worry about some, somebody going up and sprinkling a little bit of blood on a mercy seat. No. Amen. You can pray wherever you're at. I don't care if it's your bathroom at your house. It's your kitchen. I don't care if it's your, I don't care if it's at that, the, 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 the living room or the family room or the bedroom. I don't care where it's at. All I know is simply this, is that if you'll find a place to pray, it might even be in your car on your way to work. How many's prayed in your car before? Amen. You keep your eyes open, right? Right? You keep, you keep, I don't, I want to, you keep your eyes open, amen, but sometimes you'll be listening to a little bit of music, and also you begin to pray, and also you'll start feeling the presence of the Lord come into that car where you're at, amen. I'm just here to tell you this morning that prayer is not something that you have to pray at this altar or at that pew. Prayer is something you can pray wherever you might be. You could be at work. You could be driving, you could be going about your business every day, you could be at the grocery store, you could be wherever, and all of a sudden you just begin to pray. No, you don't freak everybody out. You're just walking and you're praying, talking to God. Why? Because you know wherever you are, He hears you. He is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Makes no difference what anybody else does. He will be there for you. He will, 
He, he is listening right now. He's waiting on somebody here today, amen, to have a change of heart. He's looking for somebody to say, hey, I want to follow the Lord. I want, I, want to, I want to do what he has for me to do. You see, he was the perfect sacrifice. They were sitting down, making jest of him, calling him the name, said, oh, the king of the Jews, tacking it on there. The Bible confirms that the ninth hour, he opened up his mouth, shouting, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, my God, my God, why Hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew 27, 51, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. What did that mean? Preacher, it meant that his sacrifice, the shedding of his blood, was sufficient for the atonement of sin. I'm telling you what, they did not, they did not realize they, they had crucified the king of glory. And the very earth where he was crucified at began to shake and tremble. signified that now the way into the holies of holies was open for everybody. You need to thank God today that you don't have to come to me and I have to stand as a, as a intermediary or a, uh, you know, someone that stands between you and God and, and, and to, to make that sacrifice or make that blood for you. No, no. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus today. All you have to do is just simply say, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my way, God, but your way. Amen. Not somebody else's way, God. I want my own way. I, I want my own path. I, I, want, I want what you want for my life. Hebrews 10, 19, 22, uh, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holies of holy, ho holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us. Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. A true heart. Full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So what's he telling us? Now the door's been opened for as many as will receive him. The door has been opened. Folks, let me tell you this morning in closing. As guilty sinners, we were condemned to death. But he, everybody say he, took our place. And we now have been redeemed into the family of God. By his death on the cross. So why was it important? Because without his blood to purchase our eternal life, we will be eternally damned. You see what's going on in the world today? I submit to you what everybody needs is Jesus. If we had Jesus... We wouldn't be acting the way we act. We wouldn't be having the problems that we have. 
Why? Because Jesus is love. Now, this guy that wrote the article, he wants you to believe that he's a hateful God and he's a brutal God. And he wants you to believe that, that, that God is like Russia. God is like bombs and planes and tanks and bullets. and That's God. He's an awful God. No. If you really know God, you'll understand that he's a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God of love, a God of peace. But I'll give it to you. He's also a God of judgment. You read the Old Testament, that's where he was living in. You read the Old Testament, you're going to find out that he is a God of judgment. And you also know, but that's why he went to the cross, because he don't want us to live under that. But there's going to be a day, there's going to be a day when he's going to come for his church and take him out of here. And when he takes the church out of here and his spirit vacates the premises of this earth, you have never seen evil like you're going to see evil at that day and time. It's going to be absolutely overwhelming. Let's stand together. So today is the day to surrender your life. To surrender your life to the one that has saved you. Why should I surrender my life, Pastor? Why should I give my life to the Lord? Well, number one, He died on the cross to pardon your sin. Number two, He's the one that can bring salvation to your soul. He's the one that will adopt you into his family. He's the one that gives you the hope of eternal life. He's the one that can heal you from your sicknesses and your disease. He's the one that can answer your prayer. He's the one that can deliver you from the power of darkness. You say, why is that so important? Well, it's so important because I don't want to face the other side of God. So this morning as we we look at this this Sunday morning as a risen Savior, amen, and we see Him for who He really is. And we realize that He suffered and He died for you and me that we might have a hope of eternal glory. We're going to sing something this morning before we go outside. We have a little bit of time. And I wonder today as we open these altars, I don't want you to be fearful. I don't want you to worry about the preacher going to come jump on you or anybody else. I just want to know if anybody's willing to come to the altar and raise your hand and just start out by saying, Lord, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for your goodness and mercy, your love and kindness. I want to thank you for going to a cross and shedding your blood for me. Lord, I want to live a life that's pleasing unto you. Help me, Lord God. Can anybody come and pray that prayer? Amen. This morning, can you come and pray? I'm here to tell you that God's able, amen, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Praise God. And if you really don't want to come to the altar, that's fine. But right where you're at, do you mind? Don't want to embarrass you. But if you'll just raise your hands a little bit and just pray right where you're at and say, Lord, amen, I want to thank you for the message today. I want to thank you for your word. Lord God, you are a light in my life. You are the lamp that lights my pathway. You are the hope in a hopeless world. Amen. You bring light and chase the darkness away. Come on across this place. That's it. Just talk to the Lord. Just raise your voice. Thank the Lord. Praise God. If you have your family with you right now, why don't you all take the hand of your of mom and dad and your kids or whoever and why don't you all just make a family prayer right now. Lord help us as a family. Lord help us to live 
amen, a life pleasing unto you, God. Help us to start fresh today. Help us to start new today. Can you pray that way? Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is our name in the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, God wants to be real in your life today. The Lord is reaching for you today. Reach out to him today. Reach out to him today. He's available. He's available to you today. Come on, sing it with us now. Bye. Bye.